taking you on a journey for the pursuit of PPC. Welcome to PPC Rockstars. Get ready to rumble through the latest PPC news and views from around the blogosphere. Learn from our hosts and the PPC pros that will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. We're cashing in the clicks with the PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. Welcome, PPC friends, to another episode of PPC Rockstars. I'm your host, David Satella, and I've got a great guest for you today. But before we get to him, I uh, just want to remind you that the resources that we're going to be talking about are located right now on the Clicks Marketing blog. That's clixmarketing.com slash blog, and look for the PPC Rockstars stuff uh, link on the right side of the page. So with that, I want to welcome Dan Soha, who is from Five Mill, Five Mill Marketing. Uh, Dan's the founder and the SEM specialist, and he's got uh, a very interesting viewpoint on uh, PPC advertising that I first became aware of when Dan and I spoke together. Uh, I guess was it at SMX East in New York, Dan? Is that right? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, SMX East. It was a great conference too. Absolutely. Those guys do a great job. So, um, Dan, you gave a, a great presentation on uh, what you call the five-mill tree method, which uh, talks about kind of the old ways of looking at PPC advertising and some new ways, and especially as it pertains to uh, ad testing, which hopefully we'll, be, we'll have time to get into at the end of the show. So um, could you kick us off with an explanation of what exactly the five-mill tree method is? Sure, absolutely. You know, it actually comes back, uh, back. You know, in the history of search marketing. I'm sure, David, you were you were there as well in the beginning when uh, when we were dealing with Yahoo or actually at the time GoTo, um, and we were we were just bidding on as many keywords as possible. We had that that one head keyword we called it, and uh, we managed that head keyword on its own. You know, bid matching, and we would. Uh, we would play all these games on the bid landscape, which at the time was just a pure auction, no click-through rate, quality score model. And uh, what we did was we just we focused on that keyword, and we had a huge list of other keywords that we used to drive tail traffic. Well, the thing is that when Google came out with their new model, and they came out with a, you know, a click-through rate model, and they also came out with uh, match typing, and they came out with geotargeting and day parting, et cetera, um, you know, we decided over here that, that the space should no longer be looked at as a head and tail like everyone talks about it. Rather, it's just one big advertising space with, with numerous, literally an infinite number of ways that you can advertise. So what we did is uh, we developed what we call the five-mill tree method. And it's, it's kind of under the theory that we have this infinite advertising space and that it's not composed, composed of specific keywords and phrases, but rather it's composed of millions of different advertising opportunities. So we would keep splitting it up kind of like a, like a tree. We would, you know, bid and broad match on the whole, whole space. Let's say, you know, if the space were socks, as I have in the, in the presentation that you can look at online, um, you know, just bidding on the word socks and seeing how the traffic comes through and splitting that traffic in half using broad match or phrase match or exact match in the case of Google or geotargeting, et cetera, and breaking it up into halves over and over again based on performance, having one half being the 
highest performing half and the other half being the lowest performing half. And, uh, you know, in, in this method, we're not discriminating based on the actual keywords, but just, you know, sources of traffic, which, which sources, which phrases, which queries are, are converting and, and bidding accordingly. So that's kind of the, the basic and methodology and reason why we came up with this method. And it's fascinating because it really encourages advertisers to think of their keywords not uh, in isolation, but uh, I guess think of their keywords in different situations. So the different situations might be uh, different match types, obviously, but uh, they also might be in different ad groups associated with different ads and even in uh, different ad groups directed to different geographies. So uh, help, help us understand that part a little bit better. So I guess, uh, you know, one, one thing we often do is when we, when we open up an account and, you know, it's a new account for us and we haven't been working with this client, we, we first look to see kind of a report to see where all the traffic is coming from. And as was the case in the past and is still, in the, ca- is still the case for many of the, uh, excuse me, uh, many of the accounts that we look at, we, um, we notice that the, there's always one top keyword that's driving just a huge percentage of the total traffic. And we look to see how we can break up that keyword. In most cases, actually sadly so, it's, it's often a broad match keyword, which to me says we're not bidding on enough keywords. So we'll break up that broad match into all of the different iterations containing that broad match. So in the case of that example I gave where the keyword was socks, and um, you could break up that word socks into blue socks, red socks, wool socks. And in other cases, we have seen where an advertiser has made the effort to get very, very targeted, and the top keyword was actually an exact match keyword, which is, which is fantastic because it shows that they, they've added many keywords. But if you're getting 90% of your traffic out of one top keyword, or if you're even just getting an irregular percentage out of your traffic out of that one keyword, then that to me screams opportunity to split it out into geotargeting. So what we would do is we would split that out into geotargeting, and in many cases our clients have keywords that are, are um, you know, geography-focused. It's, you know, an interesting case, actually, and some keywords that aren't even geography-focused, when we break these out by geographies, users in different parts of the nation perform, perform very differently on search engines, so it becomes very beneficial to, to split out these geographies. So, you know, that's kind of the, the approach we take, and those are the initial approaches we take into breaking this out into that, into that tree method that we're discussing. Well, that's going to come as a, as a surprise and, a, and hopefully a beneficial surprise to a lot of listeners that, uh, that one can expect that a particular keyword might perform differently in one part of the United States versus another part of the United States. Uh, it, now, help us with how does an advertiser figure out uh, how, how the performance is varying from location to location? Well, you know, that, that's kind of interesting. So in many cases, that can be extremely difficult. Um, a lot of people have different tools like, let's say, Omniture, or they even just have the conversion reports on, on Google. Unfortunately, the Google uh, conversion reports aren't going to show you the conversion rate by geography, but maybe if you have Google, Google Analytics set up, you can check for it by geography. Um, you know, those, those are all very important on the, on the geography front. Um, 
any any data that you can get on your back end would is very very important. Sometimes if the lead process is a few pages long, the first question in the lead process might be, "What's your um, what's your geography? What's your zip code?" And that could kind of tell you at least in the latter half of the funnel which one is which regions are performing better than the rest. And generally, we find that. What happens in the latter half of the funnel tends to happen in the front half of the funnel as well. So we find that the, in any portion of the you know, conversion funnels, let's say from click to conversion, if one particular region is performing better than the rest, then that will probably perform better throughout the whole, the whole funnel. So we'll split it up and we'll let the, the traffic tell us how it performs because sometimes we're proven wrong. Sometimes the funnel doesn't perform you know, exactly the same throughout. And when we split off the states, say like California or Texas, and we split them out thinking this is going to be really high performing, the Google or Yahoo conversion results show us otherwise. So that ends up being, um, you know, kind of we start with what data we have, and then hopefully uh, hopefully it's in the right direction. So, um I, I know that the Google reports, I hope they, they improve them eventually, uh, don't give you good transparency on conversions by geographic region. Um, but Google Analytics uh, does allow you to, to see that data. It does allow you to break down performance by ad group and keyword uh, by geography. Is that correct? Yeah, it is correct. And, um, you know, that's actually been a huge bonus for anyone that is using analytics. And it's kind of an interesting dilemma in general uh, when it comes to conversion tracking and placing pixels because people always say, you know, which pixel should I place? Should I use Google? Should I use Darts? Should I use this data I have from Omniture? And I'm in favor of using as much as possible. And when it comes to Google conversion tracking, I'm very in favor of using Google conversion tracking because Google conversion tracking gives you something that the other conversion tracking doesn't give you. And it does it, and it does it at no cost. What this, what it gives you is that when you pull up a search query report, and this is something you can find in the reports tab of Google, it will tell you what search queries have mapped to, to those conversions. Now, you could say, well, you know, I have, I have Omniture or I have my web logs to tell me what search queries are resulting in conversions. Sure, you may have this, but but what you don't have is Google's view of these keywords. Let me put it this way. So if you have a keyword, right, and we were speaking of socks before. So if you have a keyword that's wool socks, and in the search query report you see the phrase match of wool socks has performed this way, um, you know, that's, that's very important data because that's not data you could get from, from Omniture or or even from your web logs, because your web logs are going to tell you how individual search queries perform, but Google has bucketed each of, each of the search queries that people, you know, users make into Google.com, and your search query report tells you, you know, the, these, these queries we've all bucketed as wool socks and phrase match, and that's how that's performing. So, you know, granted, in, in many cases, you know, um, you may have all the data that you want from your web logs, but it's also important to see how Google views it. And this actually Absolutely. moves on further towards geotargeting as well, because people make, make uh, statements like, 
you know, Google geo-targeting is very wrong. Sure, perhaps it is wrong in some cases. Perhaps, you know, AOL traffic skews data in Virginia. But uh, Google's geo-targeting is the only geo-targeting you have to play with. So it's important that you know how Google views your conversion rate by geography and not just what you feel is the true geography. Does that make some sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, uh, Dan, we've got to take a short break for an important message from a sponsor. And when we come back, I want to start talking about uh, the, the, very, the, the trumping techniques that you've developed. So listeners, stay tuned, and you'll find out what geotargeted trumping is. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Susan, you're still responsible for digital marketing programs, right? Right. So your team is responsible for email marketing, web analytics, PPC campaign optimization, and scheduling? Your point? Why are you so relaxed? My team deals with five different solutions, tech support teams, and just as many invoices, and it's making us mental. What is it? Aromatherapy? Acupuncture? Why are you so relaxed? You just have to simplify your tool set and unify your team. Lyris provides totally integrated email marketing, web analytics, PPC campaign management, and calendaring functionality. It's all in one spot that provides a holistic view of all your team's efforts. And you get all of this functionality for $299 a month. So with Lyris, one company can do it all. Huh. I feel like I can cancel that acupuncture appointment already. To see how Lyris can simplify your life, visit Lyris.com or call 1-888-GO-LYRIS. Simplify, unify, and increase ROI with Lyris today. Looking for a new way to build backlinks and traffic back to your website? Then look no further than the quickest and easiest way to blast your article to thousands of subscribers at the click of a mouse. Introducing ArticleSender.com, the world's premier article distribution service. With ArticleSender.com, you can submit your prize-winning piece to thousands of promising publishers and article directories craving for fresh content. ArticleSender.com also provides premium services so that your article is SEO-ready. Plus, we provide express editorial review for rush delivery of your submissions within 24 to 48 hours. Article distribution at its easiest. One form, one click, thousands of results. Get your free account today at articlesender.com. That's article, S-E-N-D-E-R.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan from the Daily Searchcast. You know, we love bringing you the news every day, and that's made possible by the sponsorship of BruceClay.com. They've just made Inc. Magazine's list of the fastest-growing private businesses. They've exhibited and sponsored at my conferences from the very beginning. Bruce has got that long-standing search engine relationship chart, had been out there with the code of ethics, been a search engine expert in the field for ages. But did you know that Bruce Clay can do more than help you with just SEO? They can do PPC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding. Everything you need for success in the online marketplace, you can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years, offices worldwide, they've got answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Or on demand anytime inside the entertainment channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we're back with Dan Soha of Five Mill. Uh, Dan, um, you've got some really interesting slides about uh, what you call trumping. So um, how about taking us through those? Sure, absolutely. You know, so 
what trumping is is you know trumping is just the phrase i've used and actually i don't know who came up with it maybe i think it was a friend or a colleague it, it's a phrase i used to to describe the fact that one keyword is taking precedence and by keyword i mean the the actual keyword you're bidding on in your account is taking precedence over the other keywords bid so in the case of geo target trumping as i've described it it, what it says is that most people think that if I'm making a bid nationally, right, I'm making a bid targeted to the United States, and I'm bidding, say, $3 on a given very specific keyword, and then I'm targeting California or Texas or some other state, and I'm targeting only $1 on that, on that keyword in that geo-targeted region, they think, well, the, the $3 bid that's in the U.S. Is going, is going to kind of overpower or, let's say, cannibalize that state's keyword, uh, that state's keyword bid. So to put this again in case it's unclear, if you're bidding on the exact, phrase, exact word socks in the United States and you're bidding on it at $3 and you're bidding on the exact word socks in New York at $1, the when when a user types in the exact word socks and is doing it from a computer in New York or Google at least perceives that the user is in New York, the bid that's going to take precedence, the bid that's going to matter in this exact keyword is going to be the $1 bid, not the $3 bid, because Google feels that the Google matches the query that the user is typing into Google.com with the query that you're bidding on that is of closest match to that keyword. Okay, let me so see that, if I have that straight, because yeah. this, this is counterintuitive and, and uh, not uh, conventional wisdom, I think. So are you saying that if we have, let's say we have two different campaigns, one that is USA targeted and one that is New York targeted, and we've got the same keyword in each of those campaigns, um, Google will note that the visitor is coming from New York and display the ad that's associated with the New York targeted campaign. Is that correct? Correct, as long as both of the keywords in those, in those campaigns are exactly the same. So I guess this means, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it seems important. I guess this means that um, in, in the past, uh, many advertisers have thought that if they wanted to do uh, a combination of nationwide and local advertising, they would have to create one campaign that was all of the parts of the United States that aren't being geo-targeted and then other campaigns with, that are geo-targeted. But what you're saying sounds like that's an unnecessary step. In other words, that the geo-targeted campaign trumps the national campaign. Is that what you're saying? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it's also, it's also a fun little, little tool because – it helps in many ways. Say, say you were advertising in the United States, but for some legal reason or some reason, there is one state or one group of states or one county that you're not allowed to target. Um, you know, the average, the average user would think, well, I'm just going to go in, I'm going to geo-target every region but that region. But what they end up missing is the regions that Google doesn't know where the user is coming from. So Google does have a bucket of traffic that comes through, and they don't know where the user is located. So it just right. goes into this kind of unknown bucket. So something you can do is you can target the whole nation, and say your average bid is $3 or $2, you know, some reasonable bid, you can 
take your whole account, replicate your account, meaning replicate each campaign in your account, put it in the same account, and then bid to a very, very low price, like five cents on each one of these keywords, and target that campaign to just the region where you can't have users you know, visiting your site. So in doing so, instead, you kind of negative match that traffic using right. this, this trumping method. Wow. That is cool. Okay, well, well that Thanks. is sinking in to uh, some listeners, and I, I suspect some, some are, are, are uh, rewinding their podcast to catch what you just said. I hope they are. Uh, let's switch gears for a second, and you've got another method for um, – let, it's, on a, it's on a slide called Ad Competition, and it, it uh, deals with a situation that I'm sure many advertisers encounter where they have one ad group with many keywords, and let's say they're testing two ads. And they suspect or they have reason to believe that one ad is performing better for some keywords and the second ad is performing better for the other keywords. So the, the question uh, that you answer is uh, how do you find out uh, the answer to that question, and how do you optimize without having to go into uh, deep analytics? And uh, so I'll let you explain the method. I think it's very clever. So, you know, I would actually suggest looking at this uh, slide on, on the presentation here and kind of looking it over a few times because it is a kind of confusing concept. And when we came up with it a couple years ago, you know, we had to kind of think it over a few times ourselves because, it, it can be a little confusing. What we're doing is, as you said, and so clearly said, that, that you, you have an ad group and you don't know which keywords are performing best for one ad and which keywords are performing best for the other ad. Now, typically, people will just put a couple ads into their ad group and let it optimize just to the one that has the highest click-through rate. But as we know, the highest click-through rate isn't necessarily the one that's going to end up giving you the most conversions. So furthermore, as you discussed, you also have keywords in these ad groups, and you don't know which ad is better for which keyword. So what we do here is we take the same ad group with the same 10 keywords as we have in this example, and there's two ads in that ad group, and we split it up. We have one ad group with 10 keywords and one ad group with 10 keywords. So they're both exactly the same ad group with the exact same keywords. The only difference is one ad group has ad number one, and one ad group has ad number two. Now, what we will do is we will, before, before uh, I should say, before we split up these, this ad group into two ad groups, we need to make sure that our keywords are bid towards the correct marginal cost per acquisition or, or metric of success. And what I mean is typically when you have a list of keywords, you're, you're targeting towards some sort of margin or cost per acquisition. Say the cost per acquisition is $15.00 every bid is targeting that $15 cost per acquisition, or say the margin is 20%, each keyword's bid is targeting that 20% margin. Now, when we split this up into the two ad groups, we're going to have the same bids in the two accounts, but we have different ads. So what will happen is, as, as time progresses, one ad will start getting some of the traffic because it has the higher click-through rate, and you'll start rebidding all of the keywords you know, we have 10 keywords in one, 10 keywords in the other. We're rebidding all of these 20 keywords towards those same metric of successes we've discussed. And as you continue to do so, one of the ad groups will end up taking up all of the traffic from some of the keywords, and one of the ad groups will be taking all the traffic from the other keywords. 
because they are both exactly the same as we discussed, there is no trumping that's occurring like we discussed with geotarget trumping because both ad groups are exactly the same with the same uh, targeting. Now, another way you can look at this is Google's click-through rate model is designed essentially, you know, quality score aside or whatever Google says aside, it, it's designed such that Google is making the most money off, off the ads themselves. So if, if Google is making the most money off those ads and keywords as possible by targeting the one that has the highest combination of cost per click and click-through rate of the ad, then uh, in doing so, by having the one that spends the most money and the fact that you're targeting a particular marginal cost per acquisition or m margin, that means it's going to result in you getting the most traffic possible. And if you're getting the most traffic possible at that you know, metric of success, that means you're getting the most conversions possible at that metric of success. So it ends up being a win-win, and in many ways, you're letting Google do all of the work for you, and all you're doing is rebidding the keywords over and over again. That's fascinating. That uh, you know, I, I'm sure there are some listeners that are wondering what the difference is between this method and simply running two ads in the same ad group, and uh, I can see that they're, they're very different. Furthermore, uh, you and I are both advocates of small, tight ad groups. I, I repeat that, I think, once a week in my search engine watch column. Um, and the method that you're talking about actually helps or directs how ad groups should be split into smaller chunks. So, for example, uh, in the best of worlds, one would find using this method in this example that uh, keywords one through five work great with ad number one, and keywords six through ten work great with ad number two. So uh, that's how the advertiser can decide how to split up the, key, the ad groups into smaller chunks. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And, you know, the other thing I've noticed is it's kind of silly, too. The first few times you do it, you, you start to notice this process. You start to notice why these keywords are performing better with these, with these particular ads. You notice, oh, you know, this, all these keywords have some of the same phrases that, these, that the, your ad has in that particular, you know, instance of the two. So, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And I think this process ends up making you learn more about how to break up your ad groups. I'm sure if you, David, were to be building ad groups, they would, they would come out pretty, you know, almost perfectly. All the keywords would match the correct ads. But it's kind of a process you, you, you learn over time, kind of learning what kind of phrases, whether you should, you know, put learn more with these type of keywords or whether you should, you know, uh, write apply now or click here, et cetera. And it's, it's just something that it's, it's a good learning process, too. Yep, that's another benefit. Hey, Dan, uh, we've got to cut away for a, an announcement from one of our wonderful sponsors. Um, please, please hang on, Dan, and please hang on, listeners. Um, we'll be right back. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Max, with our lean and mean team, how can we manage our publishing needs and still have time to save the planet? No worries, 99. DMX is the premier ad exchange network. They publish ads that circle the globe every day. It's a mission possible. But you know our inventory needs maximum exposure. Would you believe DMX had 10 billion impressions just last month? 
Their real-time auction-based service gets us the top dollar for our ad space, while their superior service saves us the time we need to save the world. Oh, sorry about that, Chief. But we need creative control and our own third-party networks. And who will help manage our relationships? CMX has MediaGuard. We can select our own advertising banning profile, so direct media exchange networks know which ad types we don't like. And we look great. And did I mention DMX is free? Looks like working undercover is a thing of the past. Get smart. Get DMX. Making every impression count. Hey, what's that sound coming from your computer? That's the sound of me making money with Referback.com. They've shown me how to... Referback.com showed me how to turn clicks on my existing site into cash. Referback gives you free banners, mailers, even your own personal account manager. Oh, can they help me make money off my blog, too? Absolutely. Your websites, your blogs, they can all be making you money. You can even earn 50% commission on your first month. Put some into your website. Just visit Referback.com. Are your domains locked to the max? If not, your online brand presence and your entire online business could be at risk from Internet thieves. Imagine the damage that you and your company would suffer if control of your domain was lost. Protect all of your valuable domains with MaxLock. From Moniker, your domain asset management specialist. With MaxLock, even if your email accounts are hacked and your passwords are stolen, your domains are protected in your Moniker account. Transfer your domains to Moniker today. Powered by MaxLock. Delivering maximum protection for your domains. Find out more at moniker.com slash MaxLock. Welcome to the Webmaster Institute for Financial Advancement. WebmasterRadio.fm. It's like radio with a PhD. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we're back with Dan Soha of Five Mill Marketing. Dan, um, we've got to head for the home stretch here. Uh, boy, we can go on forever with this stuff, and I hope we, you can come on back to the show uh, another time. But um, will you be speaking at any of the conferences in the next couple of months? You know, it's funny that you ask because I actually don't have anything on my agenda right now. And uh, but you know, if if they end up accepting me, I I I hope to be speaking at SMX West. I had a great time at SMX East, and uh, I, w- I would love to speak at SMX West here in the Bay Area uh, where I'm located. Um, so hopefully, I'll be, I'll be speaking there, and uh, you know, follow those those uh, conferences. Um, I. Hope to be speaking at as many as possible, as many as my schedule and their schedule permits. So, well, you've got my vote. I think you deserve to be on the circuit, <laughs> uh, and I'll certainly see you at SMX West when we're out there uh, in. Uh, let's see, is that March? It's actually, you know, I believe it's, no, it's actually February. coming up February. sooner than that. February. I believe it's in February. Yeah, yeah. boy, so. almost here. Okay, well, uh, Dan, if listeners want to follow up with you, ask you questions, uh, how, how can they get in touch with you? I would email me directly at dan, D-A-N, at 5mil.com. That's 5, F-I-V-E, like the number, mill, M-I-L-L, like windmill.com. And uh, I'll be well, sure to get back to them as, as quickly as possible. Excellent. 
feel well, free, to, again, Dan. Feel appreciate free to appreciate your coming send out. Any questions regarding any of these methods or, or anything we've discussed today? Excellent. Thanks again, Dan. And uh, thank you, listeners. Um, come on back next Monday, 4 p.m., for another episode of PPC Rockstars. <laughs>